Hello, everybody. Well, I want to say I'm really excited to be here because this is a topic that I love talking to people about, particularly private practices, because you guys have such a unique situation and opportunity with how you're a local location. So in this presentation today, I have a lot to talk about. Uh, I believe after the presentation, in about 30 minutes, we're going to have questions as well. So if you have any questions at all, please feel free to write them down, and I want to make sure everyone's question gets answered. And if by chance that we can't answer them today for whatever reason, um, I'm going to give you my card, phone number, direct phone number. You can call me and ask me, email me, whatever you want to do. So just want to make sure everyone leaves here with something um, and their questions answered. All right, so the first thing is, um, I'm going to move up a little bit here. So you're probably wondering what works wire. I kind of defined it on the page here. And I wanted everyone to understand, so I created a free online publication specifically for private practice. This was designed informational resource. Um, I created a small uh, book as well called the Millennial Marketing Pocket Guide. And all this stuff is free. And it's basically stuff you can download and access and use for you know, uh, tips and things. Your office manager, internal marketing staff, and a doctor can access this information. So, that's what the What Works Wire is, and uh, in case anyone's wondering, I had some questions earlier about the word wire, and uh, basically, traditionally, it was from the word newswire, which was uh, point A, point B communication, like uh, uh, news companies would use them, military, things like that, and uh, so that's all it is. It's just point A to point B communication uh, for what works in relation to private practice. Does that make sense? Cool. So today we're going to talk about what works for online marketing in relation to uh, your private practice and the uh, essentials of generating new clients and patients. Like, how do you actually go about doing that with using the internet and all the tools that you can use? So first thing we're going to do is we're going to ignore the hype. What does this mean? Whoops, I went too far. Oh, I'm going backwards. Okay, why isn't this great? Okay, I'm sorry guys. I'm gonna go all the way back. Okay, ignore the hype. So, what is hype? So in the, in the world of online marketing, there is just tons of information out there, and a lot of stuff that I've seen and I've run into has been a little bit overstated, and um, a little bit hard to believe almost. And some of the particular examples, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but the whole idea is this. I just want you to be a little bit alert and at, always be willing to ask questions. Always be a little critical if you can, and try to, try to really uh, understand what you're purchasing in relation to your online marketing. Uh, some of the common things you may have seen before get listed on the first page of Google instantly. Get all your negative reviews removed. We got it covered. Uh, we'll solve all your online problems. Okay. So these are just common things, but they're just really broad statements that it's, really, it's real easy, you know, when you have a problem, when you're running into a situation, you, you got negative reviews, you got something going on, you're just, you, see this, you see this advertisement, and it's just, oh, that's exactly what we need. You know, it's easy to, to kind of fall into it. Um, so I just mentioned this just to be alert and kind of keep your eyes open and ask questions, you know? So online marketing is one of those things that in order to compete today, you really have to have something happening with your internet, with your online. You really have to have something going on. 
but don't ever expect it to be magic. It's really a tool within a toolbox. And um, I'm sorry, guys, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, it's a tool. You know, consider it a tool that you use as part of every other tool that you use in your marketing. Whether you're doing postcards, print, you know, any type of print, billboards, anything else, it's just a tool. But with the numbers every year, it, the numbers of usage every year of devices, you know, portable devices, computers, people using internet, uh, it's just exploding every year. It's going higher and higher. And, uh, you know, people are using their, their tablets and cell phones to find uh, veterinarians, you know, to find a uh, dental provider to find an optometrist, for example. So this is really, really prominent stuff. And of course, we want to ignore the hype and we want to go with what's proven, what we know that can get results and help us you know, generate those new clients and patients. <clears throat> I'm going to jump ahead here. All right. So like anything else in life, uh, any other endeavor, and no different than online marketing, you have to have a plan. You have to have a strategy, a sequence of steps that you carry out in order to achieve something, right? And most importantly, often overlooked, is a goal. And if, and if, any, if anyone would want to do this right now, write down on this piece of paper, on this specific page, it's the idea of plan action, write down what your goal is, specifically when you invest your time, money, energy, whatever it is, into an online marketing campaign. What is it that you're trying to achieve? <clears throat> I'll tell you, <clears throat> the most common thing that any practice owner that I've spoken to wants to do is generate new clients and patients. That's pretty much the, the goal, right? <clears throat> so I take that a little further, and I'm sure some of you might already be thinking this, but. I like to say the goal is generating qualified patients and clients, right? So as I go through this presentation, I'm going to clarify more what, what I mean by qualified and how that ties into your online marketing and how that ties into generating even more new clients and patients, okay? So what I'm going to do now is start digging into what I call my foundational steps. These are, it's most important to consider this literally as a foundation. And uh, when you think of a foundation, you can think of a building that's sitting on something very solid. It's very stable. It's not easy to move around. Okay? So, and, and you can envision this as, um, and, and the way that I like to analogize this, uh, we keep losing this thing. <laughs> The way I like to analogize this is by talking about a, a, a skyscraper. I feel like this is a perfect analogy for this uh, explanation because you're building this foundation, again, which I'm going to cover in the next steps. And with this foundation, you can piece by piece build on top of that foundation. Okay, so these are the essential things. And then as we go through the uh, presentation, I'm going to go into more of the details of the building blocks. But it's very important to remember, again, going back to the idea that your online marketing is a tool. These are the steps and this, these are the, this is the procedures that I found to return the most money for time, energy, everything expended that you would put into a campaign or whatever it is you're doing. And just, just another note, um, in traditional marketing, one, one of the, one of the uh, ideas behind it is, is to kind of be everywhere at once. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that concept. Just 
when someone thinks of a veterinarian in your town, when someone thinks of a dentist or an optometrist, they immediately think of, oh, I saw that sign on the side of the road. Or, well, I say virtual online skyscraper, how I was kind of describing, because when someone's searching in Google, for example, for a service or a product, and your name keeps coming up, they search uh, veterinarian uh, Laurel, Maryland, for example, uh, does shots uh, for shots or um, you know surgery, a surgeon, a pet surgeon in, in Laurel, Maryland, wherever it could be. And your name just keeps coming up, right? So you get this, you get this presence that keeps showing. And if anyone here is familiar with just basic marketing, when you send a message so many times, over and over, generally it begins to stick a little bit. So you instill confidence, not only in the person who's purchasing the service, but also the search engine itself is because they're showing you that way. For example, Google pushing you up higher, they have confidence in you that you're credible, that you're legitimate. And as I go, again, as I go through these next steps, I'll better clarify how you build that legitimacy with, the, with Google, for example, and how you can create this platform, again, which you can build on and improve to generate those qualified patients and clients. Is everyone tracking with me? Am I making sense? Okay. So this seems like a really simple one, but I have quite a bit to say about this. Step number one. Is it okay if I don't have this on just because it's doing its own thing? Okay. All right. So, monitoring online reviews. Is everyone here familiar with what reviews are? Right? Okay, so first thing, and you have to keep this hard set in your mind. Don't underestimate the power of reviews. Don't think for a second that they're not important and they're not affecting you in some way or another. There's four primary review websites. These aren't all of them. These are the primary review websites. We have Google+, which is your Google page. You have Facebook, which people can leave reviews on, and you have Yelp. And then you have health grades for more uh, physical, uh, you know, like dentists and optometrists would have something maybe on health grades. Um, again, there are other review websites, but these are the primary ones, and particularly Google and Yelp. When searching in Google, these two are most commonly going to show up before other, other results uh, in relation to reviews. <clears throat> so, okay. So anyone here that has reviews, positive or negative, and some of you I've spoken to before if you've seen them. Um, we've, got, we've gone through some of this stuff, but I'm, I've got quite a bit more to say today about this. So when you get a positive review online, no matter where it is, or you get a negative review online, you always want to follow up with that review. The positive reviews you always want to acknowledge publicly. Thank you for the review. It was, it was lovely to have you. Um, thank you for bringing Snickers in, whatever you write. Um, you might want to not want to get too personal, you know, because it is public information, but just always acknowledge a person who leaves you a review. The other uh, side of it, on negative reviews, you also want to reply to those, and you want to publicly reply to those in a professional way, whether it's legitimate or not, whether you're trying to flag it and get rid of it and do other solutions to get rid of it, always reply to it in a way where the rest of the world can see that you took responsibility, ownership for it, and again, when someone comes and reads those reviews and say, okay, well, they have 10 positive reviews and this horrible negative review, and they go, well, you know what? They, they dealt with it. At least they responded and they look professional. You know, I think I could trust this. And I did, a, I did a survey on this because I really wanted to dig down and find out the exact sequence that the average mother, father, 
uh, particularly from the age range 28 to 58 years old, what sequence they would go in and making a decision about choosing a veterinarian, choosing an optometrist, and choosing a dentist. The first thing they would do was ask a family member or a friend. It was literally a word of mouth. It was, hey, uh, dad, who was that vet you took uh, the dog to, you know, whatever. Um, that was the most common, about 80% on that. And then the next step, though, for I, I think it was right around 70% of the rest of those people that would ask somebody would then go online and search that practice and search that doctor to look up the reviews. They wanted to do their own research about it. They wanted to go find out. So that was the sequence. So they're reading the reviews now. They're going to see what you're, you know, what you're saying, what people are saying about you. And again, as technology increases and the usage of these, these things increase, devices and the quickness, I mean, I can leave a Yelp review right now from my phone uh, for this place, you know, literally within a few seconds. You know? And I'm sure many of you are aware of, aware of that. So, but that's happening, you know, and people do that. So anyway, so always reply to your reviews. Always acknowledge them publicly and make sure that you deal with it professionally and uh, in a way that, you know, if you read it on someone else's reviews, that you would feel like it was a very professional service. On the other side of that, on Yelp and Google, for example, when you reply to those reviews, you're more or less telling Google and Yelp that you're actively engaged and involved with your practice. So that can help you. That can give you more credibility within the metrics of their system, the way they regulate you, and possibly move you up a little bit. Okay? So it's something to keep in mind when you're interactive and using these services, you're engaged. They have ways of tracking those metrics and calculating them into your personal activity and how you're using your pages. Does that, does that make sense? Kind of? Okay. All right, so that's, that's pretty much all in point one. The other two, now this is where it just gets kind of fun and a lot of stuff happening. So these are just, uh, anyone that's willing to go out and leave you a review, that's willing to leave you a positive review, these are walking, talking, marketing machines. These are people that are literally willing, whether you ask them or not, they're literally willing to go out of their way and write down experience. I, I take criticism as, as um, valuable as well. I take criticism as a way to improve a service. Um, so whether it's negative or positive, you know, you can look at it either way. But the people that go out and leave a positive review, um, they're walking, talking, marketing machines. And so I personally recommend, and I've seen this successful in a specific dental practice I was working with, they were sending out money, a thank you uh, gift card. And I'm sure some of you have maybe done this or have systems similar. They were literally sending out a $15, $20 local cafe gift card for leaving the review. And what this does, and, and I personally can't think of any better way to invest 15 or 20 bucks. Because you're literally acknowledge, you're acknowledging the person who went out of the way to leave your review. Then they get this card. They get this feedback from you. Then they go on Facebook. If they're leaving you a review on Yelp or Google, chances are they know what Facebook is. They go on, and, and if, are any of you familiar with Facebook? Uh, Okay, so on Facebook, generally, particularly in local towns, you have communities, right? You have neighborhoods, communities. A lot of times there's community pages, some specific page set up for your town. Everyone kind of talks about what's happened in the town, things like that. Not every town has this, but a lot of them do. Different neighborhoods, different places. Anyway, this person is very likely to go online and tell somebody they received this card. They're going to be out talking to other people, telling them they received this. So 
I call this kind of like online offline strategy, but you're kind of you're doing things offline that are bringing communication back online, right? Into that circle. And to Facebook particularly is one of the most popular ones for this type of communication. People have always talked about being happy about services or not happy about services. The way in which they go about doing it, that's what's changed. Okay? So we, we can't ignore the fact that that's the fact that people do talk and they will talk online and they will publicly say things. <laughs> so capitalize on that, you know? It's a really great investment. What better investment is there in somebody that's willing to help you, you know? So uh, that's, anyway, that's review management. <clears throat> Again, remember, these are, the, these are the foundational things that should be in, meaning somebody in your practice should be doing this. Every 24 hours, within every 24 hours, somebody should be going on to Yelp, onto Google, onto Facebook, uh, checking reviews. On Facebook particularly, anyone that writes a question or a comment, that should always be responded to almost instantaneously. Somebody should have a, the Facebook page open at all times for the practice and they see a new notification. You can install the app even on your phone. Someone can have it on their phone, they check their notifications, they can reply. Someone might, uh, you know, the point is you just want to have speed. And with the internet today, I don't know about you guys, and I've surveyed this lightly, um, but general, general people like answers fast. They, like, they want a phone number fast, they want a response quickly, they want to see that responsiveness and feel like they're being serviced. So when you, when you, um, when you uh, reply to somebody on Facebook very quickly, if they have a question about your service, your hours, whatever it is, even if it's listed on the left-hand side of the page and they don't see it, whatever, uh, the point is always answer the question and do it quickly. So. Okay, so step two, that, that was the, the fundamentals of uh, reviews and online monitoring. Online local directory listings. So the idea really is in, uh, in the, uh, on the internet is to be as many places as you can be where people can find you, right? You wanna be listed in every potential place that someone could actually find you. And um, online local directories, really what they are, they're more or less yellow pages for the internet. There's, there's over a hundred different online local directory websites out there. They allow you to put your practice name in, your phone number, your address. Some even allow you to put videos and pictures, service descriptions. These do a lot of different things. From, from the consumer end, these things can allow people to find you because you've, you have listings everywhere. And um, from, the, from the Google side of things, all of this data that matches and I'm just going to clarify. I just want to go into one point, actually, before I discuss this. So the ideal, the ideal situation is to build what's called the perfect online presence, okay? Online presence, I'm going to explain really quick. So let's say you have a website. Let's say you have a Facebook page. And let's say you have a Yelp page. Okay, so you have these three things. Each one of those is considered an online property, okay? So uh, a practice could have one online property. They could have just a website, and that's all they have. They could have 100 online properties. And when I talk about online local directory listings, I'm talking about each one of those is its individual property. All these properties throughout the internet, wherever they are, represent you as a whole. And that would be considered your online presence, okay, collectively, right? So the ideal, the ideal situation is to build a very strong online presence. And having your information in these local directories can help Google verify and understand that you're a legitimate, sound, confirmed, real business. 
I'm not saying that it's going to, again, solve all your problems or make everything go away and make you pop up to the top of Google. It's one of those building blocks. Okay? It's a foundational step that can help you. Um, so on any of these online local directories, for example, I'll give you a couple examples. Yahoo has one. Yellowpages.com is actually one. MapQuest, even Yelp and Google Plus are local directories. Okay? Because your address is on there, your phone number is on there, your practice information is on there. So you, if, if you're going to get involved in online directories, always make sure your information is consistent, particularly your phone number. Make sure your phone number is on all, any place that your practice name is listed that you can have a phone number, make sure it matches the phone number on your website. Okay? That's a very important thing. Also make sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's, a bit of, it's a bit of a problem because it conflicts. Google uses that phone number to identify you. They, it's, it's been measured to use it in that way. And what, what I've seen some practices do is use images to replace the phone number. But uh, Google's algorithm is pretty complex, and images can even be read. So it's, it's a little, um, but I know exactly what you're saying. And it, it, it's a difficult challenge if you're using you know, um, vanity numbers for tracking calls and things like that. It, it can, can create conflict and problem without question. It can confuse the search engine and make it seem like you, they don't know who you are, what you're trying to do. It can be a little shady to Google. So I always recommend go old school, stick with a number, stay with that number, use it through all your platforms if you can. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm using, I don't want to get uh, platforms, in other words, anywhere you're listed on the internet. Um, so anyway, you want to just make sure your information is very consistent, clean, up to date. In particular, your Facebook, your Google Plus page, make sure your phone number, your addresses on your website, they all are the same. Very important. Um, and again, that's just what online local directories are. So again, most of them, a lot of them are free to submit in. There are services that you can uh, purchase that you can submit to all of them and have them managed for you. You can do it yourself. There's a whole bunch of different ways uh, that that can be taken care of. And it's normally not a very big investment either. Um, you know, to have someone do it for you. It's not very uh, expensive. So step number three is fully optimize your website. This is a common question I get about uh, optimization. I'm sorry, guys. I'm kind of, I'm at your side here. <laughs> All right. Um, Optimization, basically what that means is you can almost think of it like an engine and you're kind of fine-tuning all the parts to feed, it's not the best analogy, let's just, say that, let's just say that Google has over 200 metrics. These are different unique things that they use to calculate to show where your website shows up in their search engine. So again, if you're searching for a veterinarian in Dallas, Texas, and you, you keep seeing uh, Bob Jones, he's always showing at the top and you're just banging your head against the wall. Why is this guy always at the top? Um, it's okay to be frustrated and understand that um, there's a lot of reasons why he's there. And um, a lot of times it's reasons that can't immediately be solved in your situation. Okay? So this is why I, this is why I jump back to the hype. This is why I bring the hype thing up. Because you really want to understand there's a lot at work here. A lot of mechanics and things happening that are on the other side that are uh, outside of immediate control for an immediate fix. And um, again, like anything else, we work toward a solution. We work towards improvement. So any measurable improvement is good. Yes? So when you're working with all these different platforms, uh, I know one of the things that we were told in the past, and I don't know if it's 
mm -hmm. is that whenever you can cross-link between the different platforms, you increase your REL score to Google. Is that still a thing? Um, okay, you're, you're talking backlinking. Right, so that, that's a, it's a valid point. And, and every time you link back from one of the online local directories to your website, um, technically that can give you value. Now, that value is very dependent on where that link's coming from. So, right, so there are websites out there, if you link to, you can actually damage your website. So it's one of these, does that make sense, everybody? If you're linking from, let's say there's a, a, a website somewhere in, I don't know, somewhere um, in another country or something that's doing something they shouldn't be doing, and let's say that they're linking to your website, um, that can actually uh, hurt you and where you're positioning in Google, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's a very clear explanation, but. <laughs> there are different, there are various tools out there. I can actually get you, I can get you, um, send you an email with some links if you like on some tools you can check backlinks um, to your site. And if you have a hosting provider, they usually have a free tool that, you, that they can provide you to use for that as well. So if you're hosted with GoDaddy or um, you know, one and one and there's a ton of them. When you, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're referring like an alt tag. Okay, alt tag. Um, some of the, I don't think the, I don't think the individual directory listings are going to allow you to alt tag your images. But a lot of times they'll pull in the practice name from the title and associate that with an image. So the practice name might already be associated with it. So it's not. They kind of automatically do it. It's not like a technical. Um, no, I know, I know exactly what. Well, Google had something what was considered page rank, and, and, and page rank really. What was that? It's actually one of those areas that I'm not even feel comfortable giving you an exact answer on it because um, there's been speculation from two different sides back and forth. Some people swearing it's still in place, and other sides saying not. And I haven't been able to personally test it myself to know if it was changing an exact you know, ranking or not with someone else based on that. Um, but basically what, what that is is a, a score for your website. Let's say like for example um, uh, city websites, like uh, official city websites would have what was called a, a higher page rank in Google, which meant uh, it was an authentic website, Google knew it was real, it had weight behind it. So if you linked your practice from that city website, that, that weight can tie into your practice and give you authority then. So you can be pushed up in Google. So if you can ever have your practice listed on an official .org city or state website, um, that could help you tremendously because of that um, authority, if that, if that makes sense. So uh, fully optimize your website, okay. So these are just some of the basic things. You wanna make sure your website is easy to navigate, that people can find their way. Um, one of the most particular things is your phone number. Having your phone number really accessible, really clear, easy to find in your address. Have a get directions button. All your payment methods, I mean anything you have, make it really simple. You know, 
I normally just put them all down the sidebar. I have them right there, so no matter what page a person is on, they can, any of those immediate questions that people ask, do you accept this payment type? Do you accept this insurance? It's all just kind of noted right there. Whatever you feel comfortable putting on there that, that uh, you know, was within what you feel is proper to put on there. Um, so you obviously should be friendly and professional. Um, staff photos are wonderful, particularly a group. I would recommend every single practice here have a nice staff photo. You don't have to get really, really wild and, and really, I mean, you can literally use an iPhone for a decent picture outside. Um, but just make sure everyone looks nice and, and fitting within your community, within your town. You know, something that resembles and relates to everybody is really great. You know, it feels like home. So, uh, and, and I recommend this picture, try to put it on the home page if you can. It's really welcoming at times, and you can use it on your Facebook page as well. It's a great, uh, a great picture for your Facebook page, this group photo. Um, so I, at the last conference, I went over blogs. Blogs were something that we, we actually spent about a half hour talking about. Now this again goes back to the building blocks. We're building right on this foundation. Sometimes when people think of a blog, they think of, oh, I don't want to write about food. I don't want to write about hamburgers. I, that's not my thing, you know? Um, <laughs> so the, the, the purpose of a, what a blog really is is a collection of data and articles. That's all it really is. It doesn't have to be really big. It doesn't have to be volumes of information. The point of it is to have something that the search engine has more to grab onto. So if you're a, if you're a veterinarian, you can write about a new product or procedure you're doing in town and you can write three paragraphs. Again, not a novel. And you kind of, you use, um, you know, you describe it. But you do that once a week, every two weeks, once a month. And you have something new going up on your website. And this content, keeping it fresh and just kind of keeping it active, again, naturally feeds the search engine something more to grab onto. It solidifies you more as routinely making updates, again, which can be calculated. And Google can measure that and understand that you're making updates. So anyway, the point is to just keep this content going. And I, and I can't stress this enough. Your online marketing, your online presence in full is something you have to really be actively engaged with. It, somebody has to be wearing, you know, wearing the hat in your practice, involved in it, keeping an eye on it, act, you know, on all these points. They need to be doing something with it. And if, if the, if the office manager can't write the article, maybe the doctor can write a few paragraphs about something new and neat. You know, uh, and obviously you always want to write in such a way where someone who stumbles across it can actually understand it. You, know, you don't want to get really scientific and technical, if, if, not po if, if at all possible. Um, does that make sense, that, the information part? Cool. So, uh, and then ensure Google knows you're there. Uh, if you're showing up anywhere in Google and you've found your website, obviously Google knows you're there. Um, there are other technical ways to get, to basically tell Google about all your individual pages, tell them about more about your content, even give priority to specific pages. So you can say, you know, we want our homepage to be the first priority when, you're, when your spider is crawling through our website. And when I say spider, I, it's a search engine spider. It's literally this electronic system that crawls through sites and pulls out data. Um, so yeah, just make sure Google knows you're there. That's important as well. So a few very, a few more very important things, and I underline very to put some emphasis on that. Um, be active and engaged in your social media. 
you, I'm sure everyone here probably has a Facebook page. Okay. Um, again, you want to make sure that that page is active. Somebody's monitoring it. Anytime somebody writes, asks a question, anything you get, you want to make sure somebody's on top of that. Okay. So you also want to demand online traffic statistics. And uh, if you're hosting with a specific company, a lot of times they can provide that to you at no cost. They can give you basic information on how many people are actually visiting your website. And if you're using some more advanced tools, you can find out what city people are finding you from. And uh, even digging a little deeper, and it's, it gets a little, and the technical aspect and the tracking part of it can be a little tricky, but you can even find out what people are searching to type to find you and how they found your website. So all these different details can be used to capitalize on modifying your content to better fit what people are actually looking for. Okay? So there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot you can do with, um, when, the basic point is to just request to see how much traffic your website's getting. Get an idea, a general idea, like every week, every day, it's possessed. <laughs> it just wants to be on. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you know it's important, just like any other statistic you might keep, you know, you want to know how much traffic you're getting, particularly if you're investing money in having your website or having search engine work done. There should be some measurement where you can say, well, it's doing better than it was three months ago, and I paid X amount of money for it. Did it pay off? You know? So, you know, ask that from your uh, again, your hosting provider or your developer, whoever you're working with on your web stuff. Um, now, some, there are some uh, different review alert systems out there. When somebody leaves a review, you can get a notification about it. And um, so it's, I recommend doing it in person because, honestly, I found these not completely reliable. And I only mention it here just because there are some different tools out there for, like, if somebody goes on Yelp, leaves a review, you get an email right away saying, hey, you just got a review. It's a little daunting when you get into it, but just so you guys know where this information came from. Um, but if you look at these graphs, the first one, it was six months, not a full year. Um, this was page 18. And you can see the orange line. Is kind of, it's kind of touching the blue here and there. But you can really see the blue line just kind of dominating. That was the second, second six-month uh, overlap uh, from the previous six months. And you can see, um, and I want to just clarify this down here. It says sessions and users. So users is that individual person like you or me that goes on the website. And a session is determined by a specific amount of time. Okay, so if I came on a website uh, for, at breakfast, I'm out looking for a dentist and I'm searching, and then I, I, I close out everything, I come back home at lunch and I'm, I want to keep looking, so I go back and search again and I'm looking and I go back on that same website. That would, normally, uh, normally it's about a 30 hour span for a session of that, that value, so when I go back again, I would still be considered one user, but that would be two sessions because it was a spread interval of time. So you're measuring engagement versus Right. Yeah, exactly. You're measuring if they're coming back. And there's, there's a bunch of other metrics that you can get. Um, which one's a really interesting one? I didn't put it on here, and I wish I, should, I would have. But the amount of time that people were spending on the sites also went down, which was an interesting indication, because what it can tell me is that people are finding what they need much faster. So that, that can be a really good sign as well. Um, anyway, I have a few different graphs here. Um, but they're all... I'm on page 19 now, and this was a, uh, this was a comparator graph before a, uh, this was a, I think I did a five month, yeah, five, five, five and six month comparison back to back. This was a previous period and then a later period, back to back. And um, 
you can see the orange line starts a month later on the early one because it wasn't a full, a full six months on that one. But um, again, this was, this was kind of staggering. You look at the numbers, you know, almost 7,000 versus one, you know, 2,000. I mean, it's just huge. But these are just implementing basic things, making sure that you're following Google's guidelines, you know, um, making sure you have your Facebook page, making sure your phone numbers are correct. Yes? Yeah, Google provides these. I put them on websites that I've worked on. That's where this information comes from. Yeah, yeah it, again, it's a tool called Google Analytics. It's a free tool that Google provides to, typically developers use it, um, but it is a free tool for, for measuring online statistics. Yeah, Facebook as well has metrics, right, for, for paid and their standard advertising. Um, again, th this one wasn't as, no, I'm, I'm on, uh, I'm on, I think I'm page 20. I don't think this page is numbered for some reason. Um, so the blank page. <laughs> this, uh, this one wasn't as, as uh, impressive as the other ones, but it still had, you can see, now this one was a, um, this was a back-to-back -back comparison to the previous period. And it was not current years, it was actually months, uh, to correct that. Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. So you can see, um, and this is another point I want to mention, a lot of times for changes to Byte, it can take between 30 and 90 days. So when you make updates or, or your developer, someone goes in and says, we've updated your website, we put all the right stuff in there, wait, you know, it can take up to 90 days for Google to grab onto all that and show a difference. So at the beginning of this, I think it was about two months here at the beginning, you see it's almost, they're just kind of even, they're not really doing anything. And then you see the blue just kind of spiking up and starting to take over on, on the, the later part of that. Um, this last one was a personal, uh, personal website of mine, a, a project, it, literally an experiment. <laughs> um, you can see I almost had nothing, and then I just, I just wanted to see how much I could get happening with it. So I just um, cranked a bunch of things on it and got uh, a 3,000% increase <laughs> on users. So anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to make sure everyone had to see, was able to see those graphs. So. That's basically it on this presentation, and um, I hope that everyone here was, can take something from this, go home and make better decision, and um, you know find something more that uh, be more effective in, in, in really recognizing that your online your online presence has to be it's something to be dealt with, it's something to be confronted and take head on because technology keeps advancing, more people keep using these devices, and we have to. And, and, and just a side point, I'm not in the, the, uh, the business of uh, practice transition or sales or anything, but when you have measurable statistics like this and you can prove years of production and you're generating those clients using your internet marketing, whether you're paying, uh, you know, paying or not, if it's just self-sustaining, that's valuable. It's really valuable to be able to prove that and show that. So you're investing in your future as well by, by working on this and really taking it, you know, taking it by the horns. So... Um, I think we're doing questions. questions. Yeah, all right, let's do it. You mentioned uh, you, know, you can leave a review on Yelp with your phone. Yep. Can you, do, can you call Google, and do, or not call Google, but can you leave a Google review with a mobile device now? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I have a, a Google My, yeah, you can, you can definitely do that. Well, it depends if you have a specific app installed, possibly, for that. Mm -hmm. But um, you should be able to, yeah, no problem. Okay. So Jason, yeah. You, a lot of us, I'm, I'm assuming, do some of our own stuff. Yep. Uh, I make Facebook posts every single morning when I get up. 
is there a good cross-platform hosting uh, module that you can recommend to us that's approachable to an end user? For managing Facebook? Or Facebook, Pinterest, um, Google Plus, anything else you're recommending you know, there isn't one that I personally recommend. Um, there is ones that I've used and experimented with, and I. I uh, they all seem a bit yeah, you know, I really try to recommend the human-to-human -human approach as much as possible. And you're, uh, you know, because you get in this this uh, system of everything being automated and automated, and then eventually it's kind of like you don't know what you're what's happening anymore. You're not really in tune with it. Right. So do you have a, a module or something that you can recommend that would allow me to do that in you know, less time? Because they had a two-for-one time a premium. Yep, understood. There are several ways you can go about that, and I can, I can get you. I'll, I'll, I'd be happy to give you a list of different ones. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. Yes. Um, you know, it's it's a little probably a little outside of my wheelhouse on that one. Okay. I, I've just I've just seen what I've seen be successful and what I've seen people actually talk about and post publicly after they receive something. Okay. So it was more of a um, it just seemed more a, effective way of doing it. So yeah, I wouldn't really be able to answer that like if that would translate for an, for your client or patient, you know, in the same way that like a, a card. And when I say a card, a written card. Handwritten, if you can, old school style. Um, signed, you know, for real. It's interesting, but it's almost kind of this comeback happening with written letters. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations on how to respond to a negative post? Yeah. yeah. Negative review. Okay. Um, I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> the uh, the most successful replies that I've seen, where it didn't hurt the business or practice very badly, was one where it was kind of thought through well, and it was replied to in such a way where it took it all, and it, it, it guided the person back to the practice to, take, take, to deal with it. But say in such a way, you know, please contact us. We want to make this straight. We want to make sure everything's OK. Um, we, have something for, we, we have something for you, whatever it is. But it's all, you know, it's so specific to the situation. You know, it's so specific to that specific client or patient, what happened. And um, I know it's really easy to, to get um, uh, defensive. And, uh, but don't ever do that online. Never be combative in any way online because, again, there's people reading those, seeing how you, how you responded or dealt with that. And that immediately gives an impression, particularly in the millennial generation, which is anyone that was reached adulthood about in the year 2000. Um, there's a lot of uh, people, we like to search a lot. We like to do our research before we make decisions about things. And uh, reviews are a big part of that. Yes? Mm. How do you deal with something like that? We've just let it go because we don't know how to deal with it. Got you. Is that Yelp? Uh, Google. Oh, Google. Okay. Um, and she originally was a five and then went to removing the comments and dropped it to a one. Um, 
I mean, the best thing I can recommend on something like that would, would just be to reply to it and deal with it some way publicly that other people can see that you're replying to it. You know, and so I, I, yeah, I guess you kind of have to suck it up sometimes. But the point is, your reviews are a marketing machine for you. Um, another interesting point, I'm really glad you, glad you brought this up, but a part of that survey that they did, which was really interesting, is that when there was a, five, a full five-star review on some, on some websites and some companies, it was actually almost a little suspicious. Um, so having that imperfect score can actually work for you in, in being practical and someone making a practical decision about, we don't live in a perfect world, you know? Um, so, but if it's really glaringly bad, I mean, obviously there's other things you can do to try to repair it. But another good point you brought up is that um, people can remove their reviews and modify them. So if you resolve a situation with somebody and they feel it's taken care of, there's no reason why you can't ask them to do it. You know, obviously you, you have to make the call on if that seems appropriate, but... Um, we actually had one like that too, a real prominent city person put a nasty gram on as a review and I contacted him privately because he was angry at an employee mm. for us. Oh. And I contacted him privately and schmoozed him over and he turned it into a five star with a beautiful writing of it. So oh, that's great. That. Wow, cool. So everyone hear, hear that. that. That's a great story, okay. So that's, yeah, just know that people can modify those so you're not like completely done if you get one. And uh, the best, obviously the best thing is to resolve it as fast as possible and that's why you want to keep checking them, you know, be up to date with them as, as, uh, as real time as possible. And for those of you who want to have some input on how to reply to negative reviews, I actually have had some new clients come to me because of the replies that we put to negative reviews. Uh, so if you look up Alvin Animal Clinic reviews and look at some of those replies, you'll need a PC because on your phone you can't see the replies. Um, but if you look at those, maybe that'll get you kind of a, a jump start in the right direction. Cool. Nice. Thank you for that. Oh, yes. Um, just kind of in response to a couple of those. Um, one, a negative that we have done, like, we will thank the person for taking the time to share their concern with us. And short, sweet, kind of less is more of, you know, we realize you didn't have a wonderful experience. And for that, we apologize and, you know, hope that either their next time is, or depending what the circumstances is, like if they leave anonymous, you know, obviously you can't call them, but just, and stuff like that, sometimes less is more. Um, we too had a disgruntled, um, employee that left, and, and you can always tell the ones, you know, because they're right. Right, there. all the details, yeah. right? <laughs> like, how do they know that? Right. But again, we just addressed it again. Thank you for, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time to share your concern with us. Yeah. And, you know, we've been in business for 31 years, and customer service is what we're all about. And then, you know, we just kind of addressed too, it's like we, we can completely share your concerns while, you know, we want each um, customer or patient experience. Sometimes, you know, we make errors as much as we don't want to, but, sure. you know, we take full responsibility and... Just make it public. Just, right, and just, again, not go into depth or, you know, explanation. A lot of times less is more of just like, you know what, we didn't, you know, give you the experience we wanted. For that, we're sorry, and we hope you give us another chance. Sure, that's great, yeah, and that's really good advice. Thanks. Yes? Mm -hmm. you know, I guess you know, my concern with that is we've done that for a while 
No, I, I wouldn't. I would never recommend those types of services. Um, there was. I don't know if this was one of them, but there were particular services that were doing that. Were actually taking the leads and giving them to other practices. They were guaranteeing practice leads, and they would take a call and refer them to someone else.